Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into the Graham Lick and Mac Lane podcast. Mac is laughing as we begin because I was fixing my hair. Mac, did you did you fix your hair? I always fix my hair, KG. It's nice and tight. Keep it ready. You know, it is is funny. It is embarrassing that my um, how old is she? She's almost two weeks in, two, in a couple of days. Has more hair than me. So your that's baby has more hair than you. <laughs> my, my child has more hair than me. So that's great. I'm happy. Well, for maybe her. if you calculated the beard, the beard hair. <laughs> You could get <laughs> something right. going there. It, it probably would be concerning if I had more hair than her, to be honest. So it's yeah. good. It's good. I'm very uh, – that's that's hilarious. I'm glad to hear that. So, Mac, as we know on Wednesdays, we have an amazing guest on, a student athlete, for a game that we are super excited about this weekend. Some of our recent guys that we've had on have been awesome. Will Shipley, Drake Thomas, Tyler Van Dyke, Riley Leonard, KJ Henry. If you missed any of those <laughs> – Go back and listen to them. Habakkuk Baldonado, he was also one of my favorites on the YouTube page. But I'm excited about this. I think this is our first wide receiver that we've had on this year. And it's definitely our first Florida State player because we have a huge game this weekend. Florida State and NC State. Which team can bounce back? I think this game is massive on so many levels. Now, there's no question about it. And, you know, we wanted somebody who is a little savvy when it mm. comes to the media, right? When it went multimedia, this guy's all over the place. And that's wide receiver Micah Pittman. Guys, if you haven't checked it out, go to look on his Instagram. He has a Twitch that I should have asked him what game. That was the biggest miss of this interview that y'all mm. about to hear. I didn't ask him what games does he really Don't worry, it would have gone there. all over my head. I that, that's, that's probably true. And also YouTube. He, he has an awesome page. It really just dives into the life of a student and athlete, all the different views, explains why he left Oregon, which was, I thought, very helpful for us as we kind of prepare here. But it's just, it, it was a lot of fun with Micah talking business, football, and everything in between. Let's get to the interview. Micah, welcome into the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Listen, when, when I was preparing for this conversation here, I stumbled upon your multimedia that you do, and it's impressive, man. I've got to say, you you are a businessman on Twitch, on YouTube, on IG. I love it, man. How did all this come about? Um, I I guess I, I my dad's always made sure that I was presentable and uh, likable in the media world, I guess. And um, I just I I don't know. I I kind of just display my life on social media. Uh, I don't show everything, obviously, because things got to be indoors <laughs> at times. But, um, yeah, like I haven't been as busy as I usually am on Twitch. In the offseason, I'm very active on Twitch. But uh, due to, you know, football season and I got to lock in for my boys and my team and stuff, I'm not as active on Twitch, but I'll be on there every now and then. Um, I got a little community, a Discord, everything like that. So, uh, yeah, and the YouTube thing was my brother. My brother got me into it, and i just been kind of taking it off with it ever since. Well, it's been impressive to see. I mean, what what was I guess the basis behind it? Was it just a marketing thing? Was do do you want to go into TV when it's all said and done? What what was really the premise of? Hey, I'm going to start this and and it's going to blow up, which it has. <laughs> um, I shoot honestly. I guess the motivation was because I I just enjoy documenting my life. I want to look back at one day and you know 
be like, dang, like when I'm 50, I'll be like, wow, this is great <laughs> memories. Uh, great to be with my boys and just document things throughout my life, which is very awesome. And then not only that, it is a business opportunity for me. I've, I've, uh, I've received multiple NIL deals just from my YouTube and mm-hmm. um, things like that. So it's opened a lot of opportunities that I, that I didn't have before. And um, it's just unique. I feel like the boys act like that every day. And so I just document one day. And so you get, you get a lot of personalities and stuff like that. I was watching a few of your videos and I feel like one of them was the day in the life and you were just in the locker room saying hi to literally every one of your teammates. And I thought that was great seeing a little snippet of, of their different personalities. I am curious, my girls, I think it was maybe that video or another one I saw. You are a cat person. I mean, you have maybe multiple cats. I would like for you to explain your position here. Mac is a big dog person. I don't have any pets. I'm one of those weirdos, but tell me why you love cats. Okay. Well, I, I love, I love animals in general. So, um, uh, I kind of, I grew up with this cat named miles. Uh, he was a British short hair and, um, I, I basically, I'm, I guess you could say I'm responsible enough to understand that I can't take care of a dog. And, um, so I wanted a dog so badly, I got a cat. And then I, I decided I was a broke college student at the time because no NIL things were out there. So I decided to go to a shelter and rescue the cat. So then I got Simba, but the British short hair is the cat I really wanted because I grew up with them and they're super like homebodies. They like to go outside every now and then. So they're kind of like dogs in a way. And, uh, i started making some NIL money and YouTube money off, off of my uh, name, image, and likeness. And I spent some, some decent amount of money to get him. And, and, <laughs> and now I take care of two cats. And then now I'm like just sitting at my house with two cats thinking like, dang, I didn't even picture myself with two cats. But um, I, I guess you credit kudos to my mom. She's a big cat lady. She like talks, she's, she's a little weird. She talks to her cat. Stuff. <laughs> so so I'm I'm more of just like hey hey bud like how you doing like but she'll have a full conversation like oh yeah I know I know what's going on with you and stuff, so, yeah. most people probably wouldn't think that a star wide receiver for Florida State is a cat cat man I guess we'll go with cat man instead of cat yeah, lady I guess you could say that. so if you had to choose dog or cat what do you choose. <laughs> Oh man, pressure! Uh, I'm I'm definitely I, I gotta stick with dogs. I did I did okay. a little I did do a little TikTok for um what's it called just to get people going in the comments. But I I'm definitely rocking with dogs. I hope Not your cats don't hear that answer. I'll just say that's it. right. I'm glad, I'm glad you're at the offices and and they're not right there staring at you as you say this. Um, I want I want to dive into the YouTube a little bit more, man, because like Kelly was kind of rolling through there just to see your personality and and you know we met, but it was just a very short time. So to learn a little bit more about you, the the content is fantastic. Yeah. The editing, the the way you put stuff together, is that all you? Do you have a team? What what does that look like? Yeah, I got I got a little team now. I, there we I, go. Entrepreneur, baby. Yeah, no, I couldn't keep up with it. Obviously, I got my agents now and stuff, but uh, I got an editor. His name's Sam. He's uh, he's definitely awesome. He's he's uh, been awesome for me. Obviously, I I gotta work with him and pay him and every now or every video, so it's kind of unique. But um, he's he's great. He's good at what he does, and uh, I appreciate him. He puts things together, and he he displays a lot of the guys' personalities and you know, um, emphasizes it with his editing and stuff. Shout out, Sam, for sure. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get into your family. We know you come from a big football family. But when it comes to NIL, I'm curious about this. Your brother, Michael Pittman Jr., plays for the Colts. He played for Southern Cal in the pre-NIL world. So 
I mean, does he just look at you and is he, I know he's making money with the Colts. He's fine, yeah. but yeah. he didn't get to capitalize on NIL. So do you ever rub that in? What's, what's that like for you guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I never, I guess I couldn't, I don't rub it in on him, but he definitely was like, man, if, if I, if I could have been making NIL, I would have a million dollars. Why don't you have a million dollars? <laughs> I'm like, bruh, I don't like, that's not how it works. It's definitely different because they pay those NFL guys a lot more on endorsements and stuff because sure. they know, mm-hmm. they know they got the money. So they're not going to accept nothing. That's, that's a low, uh, a low price. And my agents have been, been making sure that I'm disciplined and I, uh, keep my market high too and stuff like that so um so it's it's been good but yeah i definitely rub it in every everything i can rub in i rub in and uh (laughs) but he doesn't really care now because yeah my money is uh it's not (laughs) my 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 hundred dollars is like his one dollar (laughs) so that's right (laughs) he's doing just fine yeah yeah, we, we bring up we bring up your family your pops 11-year vet, man, won a Super Bowl. Your brother, second-round draft pick, playing with the Colts. Very great career so far. I feel like you didn't have a choice. Like, football was what you were going to do. I mean, when, when was the first time you played catch? I mean, one years old? What did that look like? Yeah, so um, my dad, I I think – so my mom convinced my dad not to let me play tackle football until I was, like, in fifth grade. I was begging to play, like, for the longest <laughs> time. And um, – I, and I finally, like, I cried, and I was like, Mom, you got to you gotta let me play. Like, <laughs> you, you, I want to play football. And um, she she decided to let me play tackle football, and I went out there, and I was definitely uh, probably one of the most hard-hitting kids out there, I guess you could say. <laughs> I actually actually had to sit me out of a couple of plays because I hurt, like, three kids in one play. Oh. So I still remember that was a highlight. It was at Out of Wild Church. And um, it, it was it was a good time, and I, I like you said, all I know is really football. And um, my mom wanted me to play baseball, and that's that's a little fun fact. And I was actually a pretty good baseball player. I was on the all star team for uh, for my eighth grade youth team, and then um, I I just told my mom sitting in center field and covering ground is not fun. <laughs> like I don't I don't enjoy it. She's like, you're so good at it. And I was like, I. I can't sit in center field when my pitcher pitches a no-hitter. I'm bored. So. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> KG, so my man is playing church football and taking dudes' yeah. heads off. Hurting I mean, it's people unbelievable. on church grounds. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, well, that, that was like third grade year. So, like, I just kind of was out there with the big helmet, with the big head and everything. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was good I think we can all agree, Micah, and we're with you. Baseball is boring. So um, yes. we're glad you chose yes. football. <laughs> yeah. We we mentioned your brother, of course. So you guys, I think you're what, a couple years apart in age. So mm-hmm. how did he help you in terms of getting to that D1 level? And, and you guys play the same position as well. Yeah, um, he helped me a lot. I mean, he calls me after every game asking me how I feel, how how I felt about my opportunities, how how he felt like I could have executed a little bit better, something like that. Um, but the only thing he tells me is if the ball's in there, you just catch it. Like, you know, like at the end of the day, if you Simple do it, if, exactly. If, if coach calls my number and I catch it, he's going to want to call my number again. So, that's right. um, that's why I'm trying to hope to build off this game and get another opportunity like I did, uh, last week and stuff like that. And just next time come out with the W and, uh, help the team win even more than, than I was trying to last week. Micah, I, I have to imagine that. Growing up, like the goal was for the two of you to play in the NFL. Oh, and now that is a it's a real opportunity. It's it's a serious thing. How much do you think about or, or when you're working out, when you're grinding, just that motivation that 
I'm going to play with my brother in the National Football League. Yeah, um, I would love to be on the same team as my brother. That would be awesome. And, um, yeah, I've always known about my capability and his capability. He just he got, he got was able to display it. He got the opportunities at USC, and I, I felt like I wasn't receiving the opportunities. And now that Coach Norvell is uh, giving me the opportunities and stuff, I feel like I'm able to display what I'm capable of doing now and um, being – being the competitor I am, I don't care who it is that's going to line up. I'm always going to feel like I can beat you. So, sure. um, so yeah, just being able to do that and like like you said, just it's it would be a dream come true to even line up with my brother and play with him and stuff. And it's a dream come true to be in the NFL. Period. So, um, uh, things I've been working for my whole life, and I I guess you could say the bare minimum is for us to be in the league together. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you mentioned when you were at Oregon, you weren't really getting the opportunities you wanted. You transferred to Florida State, uh, two touchdowns against Wake Forest. It seems things are going better. And, of course, Florida State is is back in the national discussion, which yeah. is great for the ACC, great for us on the podcast. We love it. Yeah. But I'm just curious, when you were leaving Oregon, I think you, we can all understand you made that decision to leave, but why Florida State? What did Coach Norvell say? Why did you want to be a Seminole? Well, there's there's a lot of things that came into it. Um, Coach Norvell can say all the sweet things he wants to say in recruiting, um, but I told him, I was like, look, I don't even want you to recruit me really hard because a lot of these coaches were recruiting me really hard. Like it, I probably had every offer in the Pac-12. I don't want to sound like that, but that's just reality. Sure. I had a lot, of, a lot of offers out of the Pac-12. I had some ACC, and I think I had like two SEC, South Carolina, and some other schools. But um, so I just told Coach Navarro, I just said, I just want to, like, I want you to make me feel wanted, but I don't need you blowing up my phone every two seconds. I'm already stressed out as is because I, because sure. at the end of the day, I made the wrong decision, and um, and so it was, it was a, it was a hard toll, a mental toll mm-hmm. in my life at that time. And so um, Coach Norvell respected it, and he, he told me how he wanted to utilize me and uh, use me. But at the end of the day, he can, like I said, he can only say so much. So I just looked back at his history and who he had at receiver and the people, how he utilized Anthony Miller and things like that. Um, I was like, okay, well, this guy had 1,500 freaking receiving yards. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I think Anthony Miller is talented, but I think I'm talented too. So, you know, um, why not be? Why not join a force of someone that has a great offensive mind and a receiver background and and uh, offense coordinator mentality and stuff like that? So I kind of made it the business decision and saying, "Yo, coach," I called him and said, "I want to go to Florida State because because it's literally the the stats, the background of it, like that's just that's just who he is and how he is as a coach. He wants to get his guys the ball, his playmakers the ball, and and ever since then he's he's been doing that." Yeah, and and we're really seeing that come to you know fruition this year. I mean, this offense has really been unlocked with guys like yourself, Big Johnny, yeah, John, um, yeah. and I, and I look at guys like Jordan Travis and, and the growth that we've seen from him and, and the way that he gets you guys the football. Yeah. Where you know he, he's he's an electric athlete. I don't think there's any question about that. But he uses his legs to escape to get you guys the ball, to extend plays, and to find you guys. So I just want to know, what is it like playing with a guy like Jordan that, man, he's never going to get tackled. You never know when he's down, and and you just always – you're altering your route. You're changing your route to just keep up with him almost. Yeah, no, it's it's a blessing. He he's a big guy. He's a guy that's like, yo, Pitt, just get open. I'm gonna throw you the ball. Like, <laughs> so he's it's it's awesome. I mean, I love having a quarterback like him because I can conversate. I can tell him what I see. I can tell him what I like. What what's the next play? Like on our third down conversion against LSU, I told him that uh, the guy's blitzing. 
Um, and I and I'm running free early, so just throw it to me early, and we did it, and we got a first down, a key first down, wow. and third down. So it's things like that that he can pick up on, and not only that, he's. I mean, you see the the ball placement; he's he's able to put it in, and things like that. It's it's just super impressive, and people thought I was crazy when I said he's the best thing since Justin Herbert that I've seen, and now people are seeing it in fruition and stuff like that because, I mean, shoot, you. You see what he can do with his legs, and then you can see what he can do with his arm, and then you can see his ability to continue a play that's broken down right. and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And not only that, is he's just he's just a good friend of mine now, and we've built a, a connection and a friendship where, like, I just know that when he's going to throw me the ball and things like that just because we're just on the same page. I love that you bring that up because that, that's something that takes time. And, and you transferred in, a couple of guys transferred in, and – you have to build that bond. You have to build that relationship. So what did that look like? Is is that after hours? Is it after practice? Is it in the film room? What did that connection look like? Because honestly, it looks like you guys have been playing for three or four years together. And this, of course, is is you're going into your sixth game. Yeah, I, I think half of my receiving yards probably came from his scrambles and stuff like <laughs> that. I mean, just being on the same page with him, like, I, we just, like, I can't even tell you. We'll just go out, hang out, and we'll go eat somewhere. We'll just chill. And it's just, we just, I like, I just view him as my friend. Like, I don't think of him as my quarter. Like, yeah, he's my quarterback, but that's, like, my boy. Like, you know what I'm right. saying? And um, I just view him as, like, a guy that's my friend. So I'll crack jokes, make fun of him, all that, all those things. He'll make fun of me, too. But I don't think I'm not going to get the ball if I crack a joke and he gets butt hurt. It's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just how our relationship is and stuff. And uh, I've been appreciating him ever since because I've I've never been this close with another quarterback ever. So um, that's great. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun and unique, and I love seeing him uh, do great and and do his thing. And it makes me happy when he throws a touchdown to one of my guys, just because he's my guy too. And and it's just it just makes it makes me happy. It makes uh, makes me feel like the team is all together and stuff like that. Micah, obviously a 4-0 start for you guys. Last week, the close loss to Wake Forest, who, by the way, is a really good team. I think people mm-hmm. sometimes sleep on Wake, and, you know, y'all dropped out of the top 25. I thought that was kind of ridiculous when you lose yeah. to another top 25 team. But overall, you got to look ahead. NC State, another top 25 team this weekend at Carter-Finley. How do you and your teammates flush that loss and get ready to go on the road for another top 25 battle? I think the loss is already kind of flushed in the locker room. Honestly, guys come in with a smile in their face. No one's down. Everyone's still lifting each other up, and that's and that's the key about it is is coming back. Um, I'm the I'm probably the biggest sorest freaking loser in, on the planet Earth. Like, <laughs> I, I hate losing. I I've grew up in a household where I just I refused to lose against anyone, even if it was wrestling my dad when I was 13. So it's just like it's just it's how it is, and so. Um, and and I had to flush it myself. It was difficult. It was a tough pill to swallow because at the end of the day, you feel like you're a better team and more talented and you go out there and win that game. If we had another one, if that was five quarters, we'd win that for sure. So yeah, that's that's my mentality. But being able to flush it with the team and being able to, you know, collectively understand where we went wrong and bring it all together for this, this upcoming week against NC State. And that's our sole focus. It's a physical, fast team that plays together. They're, they're a little bit older. They, I think they have one young cornerback. He's pretty talented, too. Um, and so uh, just being able to be ready. And we're playing at, playing at their home, so you you got you to gotta know what's going to come with that and uh, just being able to, you know, be ready for that. 
What kind of challenges do you do you see from NC State? You mentioned that they're older. You mentioned that they you know play so well together that they run that you know three three five where they just yeah. have a lot of athletes in space. They love to be in zone to just really make a, a quarterback have to pick them apart. Yeah. So what kind of challenges do you see from that that you guys are excited to attack and yeah. you know, really just show off your talent? Yeah, um, I mean it's they they run a very unique uh, defense like a three invert with uh, roll down adjuster that will come honor the flats and then I got a corner bailing honoring the deep third but it's kind of like it's it's like a it's a weird defense I hope they play man like at the end of the day it just makes it makes life a lot easier for us but uh if they don't want to play man we're definitely gonna obviously we're already scheming up for their their zone concepts I can't obviously say what we got going on but, <laughs> but uh coach Norvell like I said great offensive mind and he's definitely gonna uh pick he's gonna pick his pick his things that he can find in the defense um, and stuff like that. So let's just hope they play man. <laughs> Which is funny. The opposite of what I used to think as a basketball player. Let's hope they play zone because just what <laughs> uh, <laughs> Micah, you started in the Pac-12. You're now in the ACC. What are, what's the difference? Like, are there any main differences that you see after, after playing in the Pac-12 and now you're playing in the ACC? Um, I wouldn't say I would see too much difference. I mean, there's talented guys both areas, but mm-hmm. ACC, I guess, I mean, I, I would say it's a little bit more competitive. We got we got a lot of guys, like, always trying to win. Some of the Pac-12 guys, like, especially if we're blowing them out, which we had a lot of blowout wins at Oregon, guys would just be laughing. I'm like, what? what's funny? Like, you're <laughs> blown out right now. What's but, funny? Yeah, so, like. Firstly, I, I just like I said, I no matter what, I'm always I'm always thinking we're in the game until that clock kicks all zero. So, uh, so I'm always I'm always willing to compete. But uh, I, I haven't seen guys uh, laughing when we were down uh, twenty one <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, that Rebellion, seems a little different then. What Rebellion, about just yeah. your overall perception of the ACC? You grew up on the West Coast, yeah. But I know your dad played for Tampa, so you've mm-hmm. kind of seen it all. But what was your perception of the ACC, and, and did it live up to what you thought? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of, it's kind of complicated, but I would say I grew up in Florida. So it's kind of like, yeah, my teenage years was in, uh, was in California, but I guess my image of the ACC is just super competitive. I mean, at the end of the day, you got high profile teams pretty much everywhere. Syracuse has been playing pretty well too. Um, and Wake Forest is a super talented team. They got a super talented quarterback. You got a lot of really good quarterbacks in the ACC. Um, that are killing it, and shout out to Jay Trav. I just saw him being number one on almost everything in the ACC, right? But you know, that, that's my guy uh, and stuff <laughs> like that. So, um, but I'm su- super proud of him, and just being able to compete in the ACC is is good because I mean, you become a guy in the ACC, a well-known name in the ACC. You're definitely gonna be able to play on Sundays. No doubt about it. Hey, last one before we get you out of here, my man. I, I let everybody kind of know a little bit about Coach Norvell because he's the head guy. He's an offensive-minded guy. He's also a receiver guy. We were there at practice. I got to see a little bit of you. He's with you guys a ton, and yeah. he's getting after you. He's getting into the details, the nitty-gritty. So kind of pull back the curtain for a little bit on what he expects from you guys each and every day. Uh, he, I mean, Coach Norvell, I, I – I cannot say any more positive things about him because I just enjoy him and his energy he brings every single day. It's I don't know how he does it. Like I, I genuinely like this man. I've never seen him because at the end of the day, everyone's gonna have a day. Like something's going on with your family. Some 
he never shows it. Never. I've never. It's speed. It's it's yelling. It's get your route out. What are you doing? And it's every day. And I'm like, this is this is the most like impressive, most consistent head coach I've ever been with. Like he, <laughs> he works his tail off. And I, I acknowledge it because at the end of the day, we're all human here and we all have emotions, feelings, and stuff like that. And this man, I swear he's a robot, and he has – he can go, 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 and there's no stopping him. And so um, – but it's it's been a blessing being with him, and I, I, I can't I can't fathom and express how much I'm grateful of choosing Florida State and uh, being at this university. It's It's been awesome, and not only with him, but even off the field, just being able to enjoy an actual college experience and – things like that. So um, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity that he's given me um, and being able to play for uh, Florida State and being able to put on the jersey and stuff. That's incredible, man. I, I love to hear that. Happy for you, happy in the decision you made. And, of course, selfishly, we're happy you're here in the ACC. You've been so fun to watch and excited for, to see you keep getting better, my man. So thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Guys, what a fun interview. That was awesome just hearing all the different aspects. I, I felt like that, KG, was really one of our first holistic student-athlete yeah. things just because we we touched on so many different things. And, and Micah, obviously, is a guy that super plugged in, was awesome to hear about his ventures, why he does it. Uh, I, I thought it was really forward-thinking that he just wants to document his life. He wants to be able to look back one day and say, these are the cool things I did. These are the cool people that I've met. And uh, on top of that, using it as a business venture, really, really enjoy that interview. Definitely. And he puts a lot of himself out there on YouTube and Instagram. So I think that's why this interview was so great, because we already knew a lot about him just from doing our research. And then he's obviously a very open guy, super well-spoken. I mean, if he wanted to do TV, like you mentioned earlier, he definitely could do TV. I think that the NFL is his goal right now, but he's also funny and creative and He's a cat guy. I mean, that that was some shocking information. I don't know how many ACC players out there actually own a cat, like have their own cat. I feel like that's less than 10 in the whole league, probably. If you know of a player who owns a cat (laughs) and actually owns two cats, like Micah said, please let us know. I would like to know the all the cat guys in the ACC and they can form their own little cat club. But he did say he still loves dogs. He's not super cat person over dogs. He, he did recover. And I thought it was also, I mean, very self-aware to understand I cannot take care of a dog yes. right now. I don't because have the time. Mac, we've all seen student athletes get dogs and it could be a problem. You did it. <laughs> I did it. She's still here. She's still alive. And made it. She's right around the corner. Somehow she made it. She ate a lot of shoes. She ate a lot of things she wasn't supposed to eat, but she's here since she made it. So, you know, great to be that self-aware uh, my man, Micah, but uh, love to just hear his insight too. just his football mind. We, we try not to go super heavy, you know, with the football analysis and diving into stuff, but just to hear him and, and how NC State's going to attack them with the, the role coverage and dropping guys down and dropping a deep third to the cornerback the there. That was fun to kind of peel back that curtain as well. And of course, hear about his head coach, uh, which, you know, I, I had the opportunity to see that. And you, we, we just don't know, right? Until you meet these guys in person, coaches or players, there's such a, I don't know, this like layer of protection almost that you're going to get coach talked, you're going to get this and that, no matter when you interview them. But when you're at their house and you're at their practice, you're in their comfort zone, a lot of that peels back. And just to see him, how he ran his practice, Coach Norvell, how he was in every drill, the energy, the intensity, 
I was very impressed and uh, came away from that practice thinking, okay, FSU might do a little something this year. I didn't think it would be this, uh, but it, I was impressed. I was impressed leaving that practice. Well, and it felt like his comments about Norvell were very genuine and authentic. Yes, yes. And, you know, you bring up NC State. Let's talk about this game a little bit. We're going to do a little preview here. We'll break it down in uh, complete depth on Friday on our preview episode. But Florida State and NC State, both 4-1. and one. NC State's ranked 14th in the country. Florida State not ranked again we mentioned that on Monday's episode. I think that's ridiculous. 8 p.m. on ACC Network. Right now, NC State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a that's a very, pretty big number than uh, what I was thinking, but I think that's literally the Carter-Finley factor here. Right. The total's at 50-and-a-half. Both teams are coming off very tough losses. It did feel like, though, we haven't spoken with an NC State player since the Clemson loss, but speaking with Micah Pittman, it felt like they still feel very confident. Like they felt like they sure. should have won that game, yeah. but they didn't. If there was, he said, if there was a fifth quarter, we would have won. Of course, there normally isn't, and that could be overtime, but there wasn't. So Florida State still feels very confident in this one, but they've got to go on the road, and it's a difficult test playing in a night game in Cardiff Finley. No, it, it absolutely is, and I think when you look back at some of the interviews or, or write-ups that you know were, were coming out after the Clemson game from the NC State camp, those guys were angry, felt yeah. like they left a lot out there, felt like they didn't execute as a high level as they could or should have, you know, to get that victory. So I think we're going to see two very confident teams, you know, to, to uh, Saturday night and and to see the level of play be very high. I think. You know, you're always interested in just the team's culture. How do they respond? How do they react? How do they recover after playing a game like that? That is so just emotionally, there's so much in it. Top 10 game, game days there, all these different opportunities for you. And then when you don't meet that, when you don't reach that level, what are you going to be? But again, I mentioned that that, that culture that Coach Dorn and that staff have, have compiled, the culture that we have seen blossom before our very own eyes, the back half of last year and this season for FSU. I think both these teams are going to be ready to go. It sounds like it is a a windshield mentality, not rearview mirror, and they're they're looking forward to it. And this is going to be a big opportunity for both these guys because the Atlantic side is going to be such a tight knit race. And obviously, Clemson has a little bit of a leg up on Wake Forest and NC State right now, but still a lot of opportunity. They haven't played FSU, they haven't played Syracuse, so there's still a lot out there. I don't think any team you know should necessarily feel like. They're out of this thing quite yet when you come to the top of this side. So when I look at NC State, KG, and and look at this offense, that run game has to get back going. I mean, Clemson just obliterated it, held it to you know 1.5 yards a rush, and that that you you can't operate at a normal level. You can't operate at a high level when you have no balance, when you have no ability to to run and really get that those defensive backs sucked up, get that offense changing. It just wasn't there, and so I have to see that. FSU's given up 150 a game, so it shouldn't be you know the, the most impossible thing in the world for mm-hmm. NC State to run the football. And then defensively, you know NC State has a huge challenge. You know facing these guys from Florida State who are very balanced and want to run the football, but also have an extremely accurate and electric quarterback that can pass it. So Wake kind of gave you a blueprint on what to do to Florida State. Uh, if you're NC State, but can you replicate? Can you go and do it? You know that that's what I'm kind of looking at from the NC State side. Well, they gave you a blueprint, but FSU was able to really move the ball and score in the second half. So how much does that blueprint work? We'll yep. see. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you right now, Mac. It's way too early, but I'm going to tell you right now. I'm leaning FSU for two reasons. Number one, I think that NC State is 
much more affected by their loss last week than FSU is by their loss. I think FSU in many ways believes they should have beaten Wake Forest. I think NC State hyped that game up so much and it was so important to them and they th- they were thinking they were going to win the Atlantic and that they sure. were the best team. And then it's, it was a deflating loss in many respects. So that's one reason why I'm leaning Florida State. Number two is I believe that FSU's run game is going to be fine. I think Wake had a good plan, but FSU started to figure it out. I am very concerned about NC State's run game. And I think it was a concern last year. It's still a concern this year. And when you're relying so much on a freshman in Demi Sumo Cornbait, that is a tough position to be in. Whereas FSU, you have three guys that are not freshmen that you feel like you can give the ball to at any point. So mm-hmm. the, those are two reasons as of now, Mac, I'm leaning FSU. <laughs> I like it. I, I'm interested to see, you know, how JT good does against this defense, you know, just because they, they're going to be so many guys in space. There are a lot of talented, you know, defenders out there, especially that linebacking core that looked really good against Clemson, just not enough to get the victory. Uh, those guys are going to make it difficult. And I, I think they're pissed off. I, I think they really are. And, you sure. know, just thinking about how much better can that help you play. Um, so it's going to be a big challenge. Good challenge for those guys, just seeing how they, how they go there. One more thing, too. I thought DJ was able to be very effective in the QB run against NC mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. Jordan Travis is a whole other threat in the QB run. Right. So I think NC State has to be able to contain him. The, the one thing about that, though, is I almost wonder if, if – not that you don't expect it, but you don't expect it from sure, DJ. Sure, with DJ right? as you much. Know, that, that naked bootleg, like I know, nobody you're, in the you're world, in love with that play. <laughs> except for Dabo and DJ knew that that was about to happen. And so things like that, I, I just, it, it will be interesting. Obviously, DJ is a much bigger guy. takes more to get him down um, from, from a physicality standpoint. But JT's elusive. So it, it's going to be fantastic. If Florida State gets Jared Verse back, I think that's a big thing defensively. Um, and then the just the, the one thing, you know, those DBs have to be disciplined. They, they have to be ready, you know, for all kinds of stuff that NC State's going to throw at them. So it's going to be a great game. You know, as we get into this conference play, just more and more depth, especially on the Atlantic side. Uh, the, the, there's just so many good games this week, and I, I can't wait. This is a, a sneaky good weekend. And the way Verse played in the second half and the way he talked after the game, it feels like he's going to be <laughs> good to go in this NC State game. Right. Mac, I said where I'm leaning. I know we're recording this on Tuesday, so it is early, but where are you leaning right now? I'm leaning with the pack. I, okay. I think they, they bounce right. back. I, I think All they're right. upset. I think Carter Finley is going to be a big piece of sure, that victory. I agree. Uh, th- those fans are going to turn out. But I, I'm leaning there. We'll see if this line moves. We'll jump into more some more film study before Friday. But, yeah, I'm leaning with the pack. Let's do it. Which way? Which way? I heard some people howling and barking. Uh, Pat McAfee, man, what a miss. What a dumb opportunity. You pick them. You have all those people behind you. You got to go with the Tigers, Pat. Come on. He picked such a uh, – such a punter thing to do. Hasn't he picked against Clemson two weeks in a row? I think he did. I think he picked Wake. Come on. What do punters know about football anyway? Golly. Anyway, guys, that's it from us. Big shout out to uh, Derek Satterfield there helping us out getting this scheduled. And, of course, Micah Pittman, fantastic interview. That young man, he's going to be doing something big after he's done playing in the NFL. Hopefully for a long time I can get comfortable, retire, then he can come and take our job, whatever he wants to do. But, guys, if you don't already, go get SiriusXM. Get it in your car. Get it on your phone. It can go with you anywhere. But we also need you to go over to YouTube, subscribe, like, rate, review. Always fun to hear from you guys on that front. Of course, with Apple Podcasts as well, uh, leave us any type of review there. Always great to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see you all.